привет, меня зовут Ивелина, и я со штаты Аляски. Я говорю по-русски, и вы слушаете The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello and welcome. You are at episode 121 of The Fluent Show. My name is Kirsten and I am from fluentlanguage.co.uk. Every week on this show, I bring you interesting and fascinating tips, stories and advice from the world of language learning. And in this episode, I have got a wonderful topic based on a listener question. Before we kick off, time to announce two little things. Number one, it's last chance saloon for filling in the Fluent Show survey. Your last chance to do this is by 31st of January and the survey can be found at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash pod survey. So that's very simple. You don't need to tell me stuff like your household income or something like that. I basically want to know how did you find the show? Do you like the show? And what do you want us to do next? If we reach 200 replies in this survey, I've got some amazing gifts that I want to give away to participants. So please get involved and look out for my email once you've done it. The other announcement is to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you once again with support from the language learning app Drops. Drops is making some waves right now. It's the new way to learn a language that combines short engaging wordplay with mnemonic association. The Drops app design is beautiful and playful and it will make you want to come back again and again. In fact, I've heard from listeners who emailed me saying I've downloaded Drops, I'm really enjoying it and we're even sharing this app with their children. So now the whole family is learning a new language on Drops, which is pretty cool. This app makes language app use exciting and it's fast-paced with word games and guaranteed to become one of those that you use every day. It has done for me, to be fair. Drops is available for all iOS and Android devices and they even have a special partner app for those learning a different script, for example, Arabic or Chinese script. And that app is called Scripts, which you can download for free. To try our sponsor Drops for free and play with your words today, Look for Language Drops in the App Store or the Play Store or head to languagedrops.com slash fluentshow when you want to go deeper with Drops as Fluentshow listeners get a 40% discount. That's uh, not, not something to sniff at. So don't forget to go to languagedrops.com slash fluentshow after your free trial to get a great deal on this award-winning language app. On to today's episode, which is based on an Instagram question, a really fascinating one. I've got three pages of notes here, so you'll hear me rustling a little bit. Ie <laughs> is learning Norwegian, and that's a popular enough language, but not one of the really big ones. Norwegian has got only five million speakers in the world, and this language has only official status in one country, in Norway. Land of fjords, land of aha... <laughs> Anyway, Ia found that learning a lesser-known language does come with its own challenges. And one of those challenges is that of finding and using great materials and resources. For example, there may not be as many textbooks, 
tutors are a little bit more rare and on YouTube, Norwegian might get drowned out by other languages. So the question that he had is, do you have any tips for making my own language study materials? I like the idea. I don't know where to start. Let's talk about why making your own language learning resources might be a good idea, not just for you, but for you, listener. There is one big and obvious reason, of course, and that's because there aren't any. If you're learning a minority language, then you just may not be able to find the resources that you're looking for. You may not be able to find the kind of stuff that you find if you're wanting to learn French. You know, if you want to learn French... Both the internet and your local bookshop are going to have quite a bit to offer you. Different for somebody who learns a minority language. For example, a Jeng from our f Facebook group, Fluent Language Learners, is learning Maori. And she says it's hard to get good sources, especially as somebody who lives away from that particular country, which is you know, it's the native, one of the native languages of New Zealand. And she found that there are fewer websites and fewer videos. So it's a lot harder to learn that language when you're not living in that place. Fran, who's learning Sicilian, I always want to say Sicilian, Siciliano, who's learning Sicilian says it's such a struggle to keep motivated because you can't just pick up a book or watch a show or a film. There's just not so much leisure material available in Sicilian, her target language. So there may even be materials, but they don't always fall within your preferred language learning style. So Andy, who is also in this Facebook group, we had a real good thread going there. He says he likes to study his vocab by theme, but for example, in Tagalog, one of his target languages, a Filipino language, he could not find any themed collections of vocab. So there's just stuff that isn't there. And in fact, sometimes when you're learning a specific language, you might get something that is there that will help you begin. But once you're at the intermediate stage, you want to start conversing, there is nothing once you're past... I like drinking water. <laughs> I don't like drinking beer and all those things. You want to have a deeper conversation, you're kind of stranded. So there are many, many reasons why making your own language mater learning materials is really helpful. But one reason we haven't mentioned, which is it's actually an extremely helpful practice for you as a language learner, even if you're an English speaker learning French or Spanish, which means... You're one of the, you know, you're in one of the big groups. You've got lots and lots of material access. Making your own materials takes on this, this added role of taking control. And what I mean when I say taking control is that you get to identify and work with your personal language learning styles and your personal language learning preferences. So there are lots of different ways of thinking about this. Well, you might have heard about the these ideas of VARK, V-A-R-K, being a visual, uh, audio-focused or kinesthetic learner um, and, you know, how, how different people like to learn. You may be thinking about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're very conscientious and you like to take notes and lots and lots of details, or you're more focused on the concepts and, you know, you'll cover the details when you get there. I'm with you if you're like that. Uh, you may have, you know, there's lots of different ways that your personality and just your individuality as a human influences how you learn. 
And when you stop letting all of the resources come at you, what it allows you to do, even as a learner of a majority language where there's so much resource available, is to take control and say, I'm in charge here and my learning will work at my pace and will work with whatever I think is going to be most useful. So I hope I've made a good case for you for making your own language learning resources or you're interested. Now, if you're panicking now and you're thinking, oh my God, this sounds like a lot of work, don't worry. I've split this into various different ways that you can create your language learning resources. And really, this isn't about rewrite the language learning textbook. Just take control and play around with this. You know, just see what see what feels right to you. And you may well, as you... As we go through these different ways of creating language materials, you may, may, may well realize that you're already doing one or two of these things and I'll have a suggestion for you to take it a step further. So let's start with level one of creating your own resources and that is journaling, notebooks, any way of documenting your life and study. So this starts with vocab notes, uh, creating your own vocab lists or flashcards tracking your studies, writing a diary and creating your own personal notes in the target language. So something I like to do, for example, is when I've written my shopping list, if I've written it on paper, I might look up all the words in my shopping list in Welsh and just write the shopping list again in my target language. It doesn't take very long, but essentially I've created, just using a dictionary, I've created my own vocab list, which is based on my shopping this week. You don't need to do that because of the internet and your materials often have you covered if you're learning a big language, but doing your own notes always makes the most sense. Yes, that's right. It always, always, I believe this makes, makes so, so much sense because remember, uh, remember, when you were in school, maybe in secondary school, and you say, missed the class because you were sick or you had a headache or your mum took you to the dentist or you just were skiving. <laughs> no matter the reason, say you missed a class and there's an exam coming up and you want to revise. So what you do is you ask your friend, hey, can I borrow your notes? I just want to look through it. I want to see what I missed in this class. Easy, right? Except... Do you remember what it was like looking at the other person's notes? It's weird, right? It's, it's just a little bit weird. They're not like your notes. Everybody's notes reflect how their mind works, what they think is important, what they add to, to whatever knowledge is already in the head, how they like to do their bullet points, etc. And that's why it's so helpful and so important for you to take your own notes especially in the early stages of learning languages, especially when you are creating, because you want your notes to reflect how your mind works. And what that does with bigger concepts like grammar rules is it helps you put things into terms that you that make sense to you and it makes them stickier. So it helps you with memory. So always, always make your own notes. And this is Part one of making your own language learning resources. Oh, no wonder if you're already doing that. Well done. Examples of this could be always writing down your vocab, no matter where you hear it. You 
may want to try, if you haven't done this yet, creating your own flashcards instead of using pre-made decks. Your own flashcards have got the potential to aid your memory, to help you remember your vocab so much more, unbelievably stronger. I'll put the episode 88 in the show notes where I talk about flashcards in a little bit more detail. Something else that you can do is copy sentences and lines from other sources that you find interesting, websites, for example, notes from your Skype lessons or notes from even if you go to a group lesson, document your own language learning journey. So whatever you do in your target language, make notes of it and you can make those notes in your target language or just about the language. Always make a note as well of when there's something that you don't understand, you want to look it up later. That's really where the good stuff is. Uh, in the language habit toolkit, you find a, a pre-written box for exactly that purpose, because it's important to make a note of what's unclear now and looking it up later. Annotate these notes with whatever you need. For example, Andy mentioned in a Facebook group that he likes to listen to words pronounced on forvo.com. Forvo is a place where you can get pronunciation of pretty much any word in any language. <laughs> so he listens to the pronunciation on Forvo and then makes a note for himself whenever the pronunciation is unclear. And that's how pronunciation is learned. You may not need this in your target language. So again, your notes are yours and yours alone. That's the good thing about them. Another idea as well is to hire somebody else to create transcripts of videos that you're watching in your target language or to translate sentences into your target language or into English. So if you find a sentence list or a text in your target language and you want it translating, you can pay somebody to do that. I will also put a link in the show notes to our podcast episode that we did about language learning notebooks, where you will hear lots more about journaling and setting up your own language learning journal. So this is level one, documenting. Level two, not that different, but goes one step further from the last step. And that means you start organizing what comes in more and truly creating. So what you're creating can be collections of like resources, of resources that go together in your mind, that you want to review together again, or to just make sense grouped in some way. So you start, you, are, you start curating, you start creating collections, or you start creating language. And I've got lots of examples here from the forums, and I'll go through them. So John, for example, in the um, Facebook group, asks himself when various, various situations occur in his life, how can I describe this? How can I describe what I'm seeing in French? How can I do it in Spanish? How can I do it in German? And then works from there. So his prompts for language learning are in his environment. He looks around and says, well, how would this work in German? Fran, our Sicilian learner, records every Skype lesson that she has and then reviews the actual recordings of the lessons because there aren't many Sicilian materials. So she goes through the lessons again, really milks them for what they're worth. And she uses all of her notes and goes over them again. Fran also copies out texts from the Italian textbooks. Sicilian and Italian are related. And then she translates them from Italian into her target language or uses them as a basis for making up a text for herself. 
a Jang who we met before, who studies Maori. She tries to analyze and compare sentences in her target language to figure out the grammar. And then she writes sentences, tries to kind of make her first sentences, put them together, puts them out there and asks for corrections from native speakers. And you might have heard this before. Lindsay and I, a little bit as well, write using creative writing prompts. So I'll put a link in the show notes to the Creative Writing Prompts book, as you heard on our Top Tools episode. So we don't use specific textbooks. We actually use creative writing prompts in English in order to create something in our target language. And turns out, as you can see, this creation stage is actually essential for better writing and improving your writing skills in a target language. And writing skills are crucial for really solid foundations. Writing's, writing is where good speaking starts in many ways. So we've got two levels. Level one, document your resources, document your studies. Level two, start to curate collections and create your own sentences. Level three, make teaching materials, if you dare. So once you're at an intermediate level, say you're at the B2, the B1 level perhaps, or you've been learning a language for a year or two, you actually have something to pass on to others. You don't need to be absolutely perfect in a language to teach a little bit of an intro. And teaching a language, teaching anything as you often hear, is an incredibly useful way of learning it. There are thousands of ways to get started. So why not try to offer a short lesson somewhere? Maybe give an intro to a friend who's curious about the language you're learning. Maybe to your grandma who just, you know, will pretty much listen to you no matter what you talk about and she will love it. Or even if you're feeling brave Try to offer a short lesson at your local library, a community center or somewhere else in the community. It really is a lot of fun and you'll find that your attendees may even know somebody who is way further along than them. They might be married to somebody who speaks your target language and then you realize, oh, we can, we can get a little learning group going here. So giving is receiving listeners. That's, that's the key here. Once you start giving away some of that knowledge that you have accumulated, once you start sharing it again and making it into teaching materials, it will, it will result in you both deepening all of the knowledge that you had. And you may even realize there's something in the basics that you completely overlooked that keeps, you know, tripping you up. And you may well make even more contacts with people who are exactly perfect for you to reach the next step. It is super duper scary to do this. As I'm recording this, I'm preparing for teaching and I'm, I'm laughing thinking about it because it is silly. I'm preparing for teaching a Welsh workshop. I'm not a native Welsh speaker. I'm nowhere near being good enough to be a Welsh teacher, but I believe I've got something to share in the terms of the basics. I've got a lot of excitement and enthusiasm to share. It's a cool language and I figured out why not, right? What can, what can really go wrong in a half hour session where I'm essentially teaching a few basics about my target language? For me, I hope anyway, 
It's going to be a rewarding experience, feeling like, my God, I really know this. It's a confidence booster to teach. It really is. But also it's going to give me this overview and this complete revisit of the basics of my target language. And that is worth an awful lot. And that is also creating my own materials. So you can create your own language learning materials. And if you're feeling up to it, please do create teaching materials. It's a lot of fun and it will in many, many ways bring you back and make you a better language learner when you prepare to summarize and share with others. Now, the level four is not really a level four. It's not really a progression, but it's a little special corner that I wanted to mention. If you are a creative, an artist or a programmer, you can create art, apps, websites, etc. and create in your target language. And sometimes these needs even become real products and real businesses. For example, the app Hello Talk started out because the creator of the app really wanted to text more people in the language he was learning. If I'm not entirely wrong, he was learning Korean and he wanted to find a way of engaging with more Koreans, texting and having an easier way of doing that really and finding these people. So over time, there was a directory that got built up. Think about Clothesmaster. Clothesmaster is another one of those relatively simple ideas that were created from a need or a desire to have this type of exercise in lots and lots of languages. And lo and behold, there's a way of making that happen technologically. Clothesmaster uses Tatuiba sentences. Tatuiba sentences are a very large sentence database in loads and loads and loads of languages. So it uses those sentences. And then if you enjoy close exercises to basically fill in the gap exercises, you can use Clothesmaster for those. And that's another one that's created from the need, from the desire to have language learning materials. So if you've got the skills and confidence, this could be a way for you to go. Just putting it out there that creativity and creating has no limits in this stage. And if you're a long-term listener, you know what the Fluent Show used to be called. We used to be called the Creative Language Learning Podcast because I believe creativity, allowing yourself to bring everything that you can make, everything that you are, bring your personality, bring your desire to make something into your language learning makes you both a better and more successful learner and a happier learner. And that means you're going to keep going and you're going to be fluent and you're going to be awesome in another language. So these are a few tips for creating your own language learning materials and creating your own courses and who knows where you may take it. In the show notes, I'm going to add the Maori resources that were mentioned in the Facebook forum, just in case you're a Maori learner, they're going to be there for you. I also want to put a link to the creative writing prompts and to a few tools that are quite good at minority languages. So there were lots of tips in our Facebook forum about finding resources in other languages. Really some, some fantastic ideas. But this isn't a show about finding, this is a show about creating. So I don't want to 
put too much in front of you. I would love to hear from you as always. You can find The Fluent Show on Twitter at The Fluent Show. You can use the hashtag The Fluent Show on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook and join the group Fluent Language Learners. And of course, if you're not on social media, you can simply send me an email or get in touch, do, using that survey, fluentlanguage.co.uk slash pod survey. The survey closes at the end of January and I'm looking forward to sharing the results with you so you know a little bit more about what Fluent Show listeners are like, where they live, who they are, how they found the show and so on and so forth. Finally, one quick reminder, if you want to sign up for the German course that is starting in the next month, If you're a German learner and you want to start from zero or you learned ages ago and you really need a whole new way of doing it, the grammar was driving you crazy, cases make no sense, it's a, it's a total cramp to learn German. If you want a freer, more fun, more creative way of learning German, I spent many, many months, over six months last year, working on this wonderful German course. It's called German Uncovered and approaches German learning in a whole new method. I did it together with Ollie from I Will Teach You a Language, which has, I think, really had the effect that this course is something special. I'm very, very proud of it. And I would love to have you join me to sign up for that. You simply go to german2019.com and I'll send you all the details you need to know. Now go forth and create, listeners. I can't wait to see what you do next. Goodbye.